Download episodes of previous shows. Welcome to the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another exciting show here today. This is On Air with your host, the swanky one, the creative one, KOP, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Hopefully everyone has enjoyed their fantastic 4th of July. I know we did. You know, we've been, you know, out, you know, out from work. I closed down shop and, you know, we just had a good time, went to the gym. Of course, we've been doing that clanging and banging with my little bro. I actually just got on the phone with him and, you know, we were just talking about the gym and fitness stuff. So, you know, we had a great time, did some laundry, cooked something very, very scrumptious to eat. Actually, no tea. I lied. I didn't even cook. We went to Chipotle. I almost forgot. We went to Chipotle on 4th of July. So hopefully you guys enjoy your fantastic 4th of July. I know that we have in the studio, a lot of our, our staff members said, hey, 4th of July was good. You know, they grilled. Some did some fireworks and, you know, a lot of people just did a lot of drinking. So hopefully you guys have enjoyed your 4th of July uh, weekend. I know a lot of businesses, too. Believe it or not, businesses were closed on Monday as well. So it was just it was very funny because, you know, they said, OK, we're off 4th of July, but we might be too drunk to come back to work on Monday. So we're going to close up shop also on Mondays with the businesses say it. Um, of course, KLP Entertainment, we kind of didn't close up shop. Um, we did start the production of our newest film. Well, next to the newest, because Cyber, as we know, is the, that's the newest film we got. And then the newest, newest film will be Hardline coming later this year. So, of course, the movie Hardline is fantastic. We've been, gosh, the last couple days, we've been in production filming this movie. And I am proud to say that how good, and this is how good the staff uh, members are. You know, we've been only shooting for a couple days and we already got about 20 minutes of the content done. So, um, of course, we still got a little bit more editing to do for the film uh, a lot of more editing to do with the movie but um this movie and i'm gonna just break it down just a little bit for you guys on the show because i'm so excited about this movie because hardline it's kind of as i'm filming and as we're filming in and in, in, in the editing room and putting elements together for this movie um i kind of it's no secret that you know after filming guardians and storm of okra i took a break and i kind of lost my mojo with making films you know we've been doing shows and they've been lit but you know i kind of lost my mojo of, of creative ideas um until we read the script of hardline and you know hardline was a movie that i wanted to make for a very very long time so believe it or not hardline that's coming this later year um that was a movie that i really wanted to make for a very very long time i think i developed the movie concept back in 2000. 15 or 16 i want to say but i just never back then kop entertainment we wasn't we, we were not that big we didn't have the elements we didn't have uh animation software we didn't have video high ltd our engine here at kop entertainment we didn't even have raw pictures 
and Millennium Studios. Those are the two studios here at KOP Entertainment. We didn't have five studios. We only had one. So we didn't, we were very minimum back in the day. So as we grew and now, you know, some years later, we have about five studios and, and an engine, well, two engines actually, animation software and creative writing. So I finally got together to make this movie. And this movie is going to be very exciting. I'm not just harping it up because I'm the director of the film, but this movie kind of gave me back my film mojo that I've been missing for a couple of years. So I'm very excited for it. I'm watching like prototypes of the footage every hour. Like I just watched some this morning before doing the podcast because, you know, I like to do I like to do what we call a breakdown. So we uh, watch the film that we film and we edit and then I look at it and say, OK, no, I want to change this. No, the color correction on this scene is not right. So it's a lot of things that when filmmaking, it goes with it. Um, I really do hope you guys like this one. Not kind of harping out cyber as we know, because that movie is still coming out this July. Um, but I have to say, honestly, on the show is I'm I'm excited for cyber as we know, because that's a, that's introduction that's introductory for the next wave of films. But Heartline is just something else that I'm super stoked about. Um, I don't know what it is. I, I know it's weird, T, and I know we talked about it this morning before we uh, did the radio show. It's just something that is just very, it's grabbing my attention right now. I don't know what it is. I, I hate to say that because I, I think all the movies I've done, I like the best. But Heartline is just something else. That's just something that I've been wanting to make for a very, very, very long time. And now that I'm able to make this movie uh, happen, I'm I'm stoked. So, of course, the movie's going to be available, Daily Motion, YouTube, Facebook watching. We're actually going to a, quite a few action film festivals so I'm, I'm i'm stoked i'm very very stoked about that but enough about the movie y'all we've got to talk about nintendo of course nintendo has done some things again and i'm super excited i'm super super stoked because of nintendo has announced a new switch model today uh, with a larger 7 inch 720 oled display while rumors were suggesting a new switch would ship into the new uh, Navita chip inside, this new uh, uh, excuse me, this new OLED model is mostly a screen upgrade. So we were all thinking that Nintendo will make the Nintendo Switch Pro or Nintendo Switch Two, whatever they wanted to call it. I think a lot of us fans we were saying, okay, Nintendo Switch Pro or Nintendo Switch Max, something Pro or Max. Those words they needed to have. For the Nintendo Switch. So Nintendo announced a OLED model of the Switch. Um, they're starting at the rate for this system at $350 starting on October 8th. So we still got a couple months to wait for this new system to come out. Um, I was very shocked when I saw the news because I really thought... Because Nintendo Switch, day one, the original design concept is about six years old now i want to say t i'm not too sure on the years but it's it's aged you know it nintendo switch has aged a lot um i have the mario edition nintendo switch i love my switch i really do wish though nintendo switch had some had some new games to come out with because some of the games i have already beat so it's just like okay there's nothing new on the catalog they nintendo switch's eShop. they have a lot of games to where they are you know remastered or redone for the switch and it's just like oh this game i have for playstation 3 so what's the point in rebuying this game for the same console 
Um, so it's very interesting that Nintendo now Nintendo Switch eShop has a lot of games in the inventory, like over ten thousand games available on the eShop that you can buy. Most of them, or well, half of them, they're not that great games, but they're on the catalogs. Other half, they're really, really good. Um, Mario games, they're always good, but they have the premium prices. So fifty nine dollars, you're gonna spend on a new Mario game. Of course, Smash Ultimate on the eShop right now is still fifty dollars, and it's just like uh, I don't know about that. Um, so I was very shocked when they announced this because a lot of people wanting, they were wanting a new switch pro, like a bigger screen or more capability to maybe be up to the power of the PlayStation five or Xbox series. Um, we didn't necessarily get that. Not that we know of right now. I think there's, this is going to be their market with the, the OLED, uh, kind of concept. So that way they can make a quick buck up this. Of course, the Nintendo list. This Switch OLED model has only supported 1080p via TV mode and rumors have suggest 4K supported. So if these rumors are true, then a lot of people will buy this console because of the 4K display. Um, a lot of people now, and it's weird, T, you know, it's the it's the norm right now to have a 4K TV. I'll come out and say, in my house, all my TVs, they're not 4K. I mean, they're just up to 1080, good quality but they're not 4k i just you know it's not it's not the norm in my house but a lot of people are going out for these 4k displays um some um some 4k displays are very inexpensive but then if you really want a good tv you're going to spend a pretty penny for that honestly i just haven't i haven't had the need to buy a 4k tv just to see the graphics upgrade i, I just haven't because you know here with me and when it comes to my financials, you know, I like to stick with the budget with everything, right? So I didn't see a need for me to go out, go out and get this 4K display uh, just to, to, to buy $1,000 for a 4K display and then have to spend an extra 600 for a 4K system, whether it's the PlayStation 5, which that's never going to happen because they don't even have them in stock, or the Xbox Series, they have some in stock. I mean, it's a lot of money that you're willing to blow just to see the 4K specs of this thing so i just haven't found it the the, the use for me of course the other new version of the excuse me the other new screen this revised models includes the adjustable stand for the tabletop play they did upgrade that a lot of people for the original switch didn't like the um the kickstand that came with the original switch they thought it was a little bit floppy it didn't stand right you know that was the main concern so of course nintendo uh have made it to where it's more sturdy for the kickstand for the switch i've watched a lot of videos a lot of uh youtube videos um where uh, youtube stars they would complain and have the same example for the kickstand where they would prop the kickstand up but then you know if you bump the table it kind of falls down they're making it more sturdy for this new version for the kickstand of course uh, uh 64 gigabyte built-in storage up to 32 gigabytes so that's new because i remember when i got the mario edition switch it didn't have that many that that many uh, storages that I thought it did. So I'm buying games, I'm playing games, I'm running out of space really, really quickly. So I had to go out. I think I went back out that same day I got the Switch and say, okay, no, nah, I need more space. So I went to Walmart to get a generic, um, uh, I think it was a, uh, I can't remember the size of my, my uh, memory card, well, memory card, my SD card. I can't remember the exact size of it now because um, it's not in my face but yeah i had to upgrade my my sd card for more screen so you know it's just something that you have to do of course nintendo has confirmed to the verge that's where we're getting our our information that there were there are no major internet 
excuse me, internal charges to the CPU or memory. Nintendo Switch OLED model does not have a new CPU or more RAM from previous Switch models, says Nintendo spokesperson. So I think Nintendo's going to make a lot of money from this because number one, they're Nintendo, right? You're going to have those YouTube stars or daily motion stars to get the system to unbox for their videos. Um, I think this will be a great Christmas present for, for those who haven't got a switch yet. Um, case in point, I would say, you know, if you haven't got a switch, what are you waiting for? But I just got my Mario edition switch and it's, it's the sixth year of switch. So I'm extremely late to the game. Um, it comes with a budget first to, to get these kind of things. But, um, I, was very very late to the game um honestly i really do hope this oled display has a little bit difference to the previous models because you know a lot of people were looking forward to the newer uh, uh like a switch pro which what sounds like we may not get it this year maybe next year um and maybe by the time next year they're gonna have a lot of big exclusive games coming out for switch next year so maybe that's what they're waiting on um, but it's very interesting. Of course, the new Joy-Con, Joy-Cons look good. The gray, well, the white Joy-Cons. I really want those Joy-Cons because those, they, they look clean. And the white uh, dock, that looks super clean as well. So, of course, then this, uh, the Switch Lite de- debuted at $200 back in September in 2019. Of course, Nintendo Switch has sold incredibly well. They did. Number one was the number one console in 2017, I want to think. With the console dominating U.S. sale charts for nearly two years straight, of course, Switch lifetime sales were 84.59 million units shipped since launch in 2017. I figure that it's uh, getting closer to the Wii consoles at 101.63 million lifetime sales mark, of course. So Nintendo's making that money, right? Nintendo, since 2017, Nintendo has made a lot of money from the Switch, and that's been their markup. That's been their, their niche for Nintendo. Um... I'm I'm pretty happy about it. Um, I think if I would have gotten the Switch back in 2017, I would have been more of uh, part of the group. But now a lot of people are like, "Oh, you you're just now getting a Switch." Like, "Oh, I've been had my Switch. It's been there." A lot of people still got the the neon blue and red day one Switches. So it's is interesting that people go back that far um, into getting those. Back in that time, 2017, I was an Xbox guy. Um, yeah, I was an Xbox guy, and then 2018, I got my PlayStation 4. So, extremely late to the game, I know, but, you know, it comes with a budget with all this stuff. Very, very exciting for sure. Um, let me know what you guys think. Do you think the new OLED models will be a great addition to Nintendo? Do you think, also, is it just a cheap way that for them to make money, more money and not really be very innovative? We want to hear from you guys. I want to hear from you guys here on the show. Now, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we got more news to talk about. Stay tuned. Sign up for the newsletter so you never miss an update. episode please leave us a review on itunes series priced out and let's take a look at housing for lgbtq people they experience both housing insecurity and different rates of ownership 
A study by the Williams Institute finds over 8% of transgender adults have experienced homelessness. But there is brighter news on the horizon for LGBTQ homeowners. They tend to skew significantly younger than their cisgender heterosexual counterparts. The median age for queer owners is 44 versus 59 years old. Let's bring in Zillow economic data analyst Nicole Bashow to walk us through what they found. Nicole, good morning. So what are you what we're gonna throw a lot of numbers at you here? So first of all, thank you for helping us kind of walk through all this. But first let's just start with why LGBTQ homeowners are so much younger. Yeah, so one reason that we could see this population skewing younger is they're more likely to live in urban areas, um, and cities and urban areas are more likely to draw in younger populations. Um, but another reason is the fact that, you know, there are no federal and national protections against discrimination on the basis of gender identity and sexual orientation, um, and local protections and state-level protections in some parts of the country are still fairly new. So barriers to homeownership still exist for many, um, especially for the older generations where they didn't have as many opportunities to homeownership. Um, so now younger generations are more likely to, you know, take advantage of the protections where they exist. Um, so that's why we see this, this age gap here. One of the other stats here shows that a huge number of LGBTQ homeowners are planning or actually completing home renovations. 43% versus just 19% of cisgender heterosexual owners. Why is that disparity so great? You know, one thing that we're seeing here is LGBTQ plus homeowners are more likely to look for ways to generate income from their homes and also to create savings from their homes. So, you know, creating a renovation might be adding more square footage so they can rent out a portion of their home. It might be, you know, if they're looking to sell in the near future, you know, adding a return on investment and trying to increase their profit on the sale. Um, and also it could be, you know, like what we just saw in the last segment where a lot of younger people are buying these older homes and fixing them up themselves as a way to save money versus buying a movie. And now you touched on this fact here, but 28% of LGBTQ plus homeowners live in urban areas versus just 20% of heterosexual cisgender people. How does this affect the types of homes then that they live in and, and, you know, how big their homes are if they're in a city versus out in a suburb? Yeah, so we do see this trend, this population trend towards urban areas more, which are more expensive. Um, and with, you know, this intergenerational wealth gap with, you know, LGBTQ plus homeowners skewing on the younger side, looking for affordable homes is really at the top of the priority list. Um, and in urban areas, affordable homes tend to be smaller and tend to be alternative home types like condos, duplexes and townhomes. And so that's the type of homes that we tend to see um, these homeowners in. Right. And also more LGBTQ plus people rent out parts of their homes, something you also mentioned. They're over three times more likely, though, actually to do it. Why is that and who are they renting out to? Yeah. So, you know, as I mentioned, just looking for income generating um, ways to use their home is a big trend with LGBTQ plus homeowners. Um, and so, you know, that could be a reason that we're seeing a higher share renting out their home. Um, and we're seeing that with either, you know, tenants, you know, people they don't know, family members like parents, um, and also, you know, sharing more space with pets and, and other people in their home as well. Okay, Nicole, thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, that was CBN News. You know, big, big shout out to NBC News. They're not a sponsor whatsoever, but I read about that article. Uh, well, I've read, read the article and then listened to the video earlier today in the office. And I wanted to talk about it here on the show on, on, air, on air with your host, uh, KOP. So, you know, I've been dabbling into real estate. It's no secret. I probably posted it. Well, I did on my Facebook and Instagram. Real estate is one of those things that I'm 
really, really passionate about because, you know, it's it's you're you're able to sell homes and, you know, you really get to look at some extravagant homes. When I do logistics and I'm visiting customers like I'm seeing all of their their extravagant homes. I've seen some some dirty homes. I've seen some really, really nice clean homes. And, you know, I'm happy to announce, I guess, on the show that I will be uh, going back to school, not to college, but to real estate uh, school. So that way I can obtain my real estate license so I can start selling homes as part of the KLP Entertainment brand. But, you know, this topic is so it's very interesting because, you know, the LGBTQ uh, is a great community, first of all. Um, they're really they they know how to make a lot of money. Like I've seen a lot of people and I've have friends and, and family within the community that knows how to really take care of themselves and really hustle and really do their thing. But a lot of it I've seen in LGBTQ when I'm out there in logistics field work, um, you're seeing the homes of the uh, people that's in with that's within the community. And they have had and I've seen some very 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 nice homes now uh like uh they mentioned on the nbc news video that you know they they lgbtq uh in the in in our prime generation they have a lot of things that they can overcome they're evacuating and executing a lot of barriers within owning a home and they have a lot of rights with owning the home so they're really finding interesting ways to kind of bypass that and getting through that and it's it's true you know LGBTQ community, they, they, they do target the urban communities because number one, urban communities that, that attracts, you know, a lot of us, of us younger, younger class. Now in my home, I can say, I'm not telling you where I live in, in exactly, but I can say that I live in the urban uh, parts, uh, the urban, a little bit parts of Atlanta, because, you know, it attracts younger people that are about my age. And, you know, we're, we're in this generation where we don't, we we don't you know you are who you are we don't we don't really care so much like we want you to be who you are um versus people in the suburbs that are a little bit old money that's a little bit maybe a a millennial or a little bit higher than a millennial so i want to say maybe a baby boomer um to that next generation after that they still unfortunately in our country and in the world some people still don't understand you know so that's why i i think you can see the LGBTQ focusing more on urban areas that are uh, attracting to 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 people that's about my age. So I'm 25, so maybe 25, 26, maybe 24, 23, and and, and younger. Uh, a lot of people want to live in those areas because they can relate to people that's in our generation. They're not getting stared at when 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 two guys holding hands walking down the neighborhood, they don't get stared at like, oh, what's what's going on there? So I, I that's what I think they attract within that area. Then rather than just going to the suburban areas where there's a lot of old money, it's a lot of baby boomers. Uh, it's a lot of uh, uh, older millenniums that just don't really understand the community. And honestly, I think they should. I mean, we're in the year 2021 and people still think that that's a crime to be in that community, which is not. But it's just that's just how it is. Uh, in America, unfortunately. So that's why a lot of people are doing it. A lot of people are buying older homes and fixing them up. Now, they may not be as good as Property Brothers or, or Flip or Flop, those shows. I love HTV, by the way. But they're able to put down some money to fix the home and then rent out. I actually been in urban areas in Atlanta um, back when I lived in Lawrenceville for college, of course. Um, I've been to an Airbnb. And there was this guy, sweet guy. He was also in the, you know, the LGBTQ community. 
and he was telling me his backstory about his his Airbnb uh, that he rented to me. Um, I for Christmas time I wanted to do an Airbnb, new experience downtown Atlanta, and he had this house that was just you know on the outside. I can tell, okay, mm, this, mm, what's this? And then when I walked inside, you know, there's a lot of renovated things he did to his whole home to make it look like, it felt like it was a mansion because he had, well, I want to say about four bedrooms, three baths, a full-fledged chef's kitchen, a living room and a dining room. Uh, he had a patio area. So it was pretty nice. He really made it up really well. He was telling me that, you know, um, this is this was his source of income. And as you guys can, can hear, in the NBC uh, video, you know, a lot of people are making that as their source of income where they're buying homes, fixing them up and renting them out versus if it's just you're just renting it for someone for a lease contract or for an Airbnb. And he was telling me that, you know, all the money, all the hard work he put in towards that house to make it you be utilized for Airbnb. I stayed in the Airbnb and it was good. It was very clean. I didn't have any problems. Um, you know, we, you know, he was there around and, you know, he made me feel comfortable and, you know, he occasionally had, it was Christmas time too. So he did have a Christmas party. And of course it was like a small gathering. So we were there, I was there drinking eating, you know, having a good time myself. Um, and he was telling me all the expenses that came with it. So, uh, it, it, it is expensive to, to rent out things like that. It is expensive to renovate, um, homes like that. But I think, Personally, I think that will be a great investment to where you're renting these homes out to, to people that might look that might need it. Um, there's been people where, you know, a lot of people are not necessarily not going for apartments nowadays because they're seeing things listed as rental contract for homes. Uh, even Facebook. Facebook does it really well. Facebook Marketplace and Instagram. They market people. They, they say, hey, we have this house with this hours. We will rent it out to you. We'll do a contract. We'll, we'll take care of you. So Facebook does a really, really good market for that as well. It's very interesting that the LGBTQs uh, home rental uh, homeowner associations and, and and the community owning homes are higher than heterosexuals because it, it shows you that you know people they care about their living expenses and that's and then like they say in the NBC video finding sustainable living that is the top priority on everybody's list now I would say everyone not just the LGBTQ excuse me LGBTQ community but also for us too like. Having a home was my my top priority when I moved out of college. You know, finding a place to stay, finding a car, things like that was a high priority for me for standard living. Of course, I do have my own house. I do have my own car. So um, a lot of younger generations, they're looking for that kind of thing now because they know things have changed. Like things have changed a lot. I've seen it to where a lot of my friends, they, they not necessarily stress. But they think about, okay, I want this, I want a house, I want this, I want that. Because we're, I would say our generation is a little bit of the go-getters. And I I don't care if any generation would tell you that we're not, that we're lazy. We're just getting smarter, I think. I think we're getting smarter when it comes to technology. I think we're getting smarter when it comes to home renovations and finding sustainable living. We're getting smarter at it. And we're really becoming more adults and we're really understanding uh, the side effect of having a house, having uh, sustainable living, having a car, things like that are important in this world for you to survive a good life. And I think LGBTQ community and us uh, from the uh, 
non-community, but supportive community, I guess. I don't know if that's the right term to say, but people that's in our generation, we're focusing on sustainable living and making sure we have a roof over our head because it's important to me. I've seen around places in Atlanta, you know, I've seen homelessness and it's depressing. It's, it's, it's depressing to see. And, you know, you want to give that homeless person every dime you could if you could, but you know, not every dime, but like a dime or maybe a dollar or five dollars if you could. But it's it's hard. You know, it's very, very hard. So that's why I think in our generation, we focus on that kind of thing. So that way we, we can avoid that, you know, that depression, the homelessness, the struggles, the stress, the agony, uh, the pain that comes with it. So that's why we're focusing on it now. So that way we don't have to worry about it later in the future. So I, I applaud the LGBTQ community for sure. Um, I'm glad to be a proud supporter of that community as well. Um, the numbers are high. So, you know, that, that tells you something. These numbers are high. A lot of people are getting it together. Um, some people are not getting it together. I've seen some people not getting it together, but some people are getting it together. And, you know, those numbers, they, they do not lie. Um, you had, of course, that woman, she was part of the Zillow economic analyst team. So numbers don't lie. They really don't lie. Um, I'm glad that we can sort of live in a country because there's a lot of hate, honestly. So that's why I say we can kind of live in a country where people can be who they want to be, strive to do whatever they want to do. And to see that the LGBTQ community's home rates are excellent, where a lot of people in the community are buying homes, they're renting homes, they're renovating homes, they're really doing their their thing out so that way they can make some sustainable income from their home. It's, it's, it, to me, it's extraordinary. And I'm very, very proud because, you know, back then we didn't have uh, and I'm not saying this because I'm old because I'm not old. I'm young. But back then when I was younger, you know, we didn't have these 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 the, we had barriers. We didn't have a way to overcome these barriers. We didn't have to where we can uh, we, they can be in the, the community and then buy their own homes and not get judged. So um, it's, it's it's the world's changing. The world is changing. And I'm I'm happy that it's changing for the better. Kind of. I say kind of because we still got some work to do. But things are changing and I'm I'm super stoked about that for sure. So let me know what you guys think about those numbers. Um, proud supporter of LGBTQ community and owning their homes and renovating and making that money and making that WAP. So that's really exciting for sure. Let me know what you guys think for sure. Thank you for listening to our show. As always, please remember to follow our social media, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Pinterest, whatever you want to follow us on, please share to follow us. And if you're listening to us right now, go ahead and hit that subscribe either on iTunes, Amazon Music, Audible, Our Heart Radio, and even Spotify. Follow our playlist, follow our whole uh, swanky 93.3 radio station because we want to hear from you guys and we just like the support for sure so that's going to wrap it up here on today's show stay tuned later this week this friday we'll be back in the radio to talk more about some good news and some juiciness so stay tuned as well as always this has been on air with your host the creative one klp as i say drink water every 15 minutes stay safe and stay swanky
please follow us on Facebook and subscribe via iTunes. In your car, at work, at home, on your smartphone. Please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services.